Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. After moving to the UK from Australia in 2012, Mark Wright won the BBC's The Apprentice title two years later. His prize was a £250,000 investment from Lord Alan Sugar to start up his digital marketing agency, Climb Online, of which Mark is both founder and director. Mark is reportedly the most successful of all The Apprentice winners, having kept his boardroom promise of making over a million pounds, it was actually £1.7 million, in his first year in business. He's also made it onto the Forbes 30 Under 30 list and has earned Young Gun status, an award bestowed upon some of the UK's most exceptional business owners. As well as this, Climb Online is classed as one of the country's fastest growing digital agencies and has been listed as one of the top 100 early stage businesses in the Startup 100 Index. Before formally introducing Mark, please accept my apologies for the sound quality of this recording. It's certainly not up to our usual standard, but this is simply because I interviewed Mark during another busy day in his office. But as you're about to hear, the content and authenticity of this podcast makes the compromise worthwhile. So it gives me great pleasure to introduce our guest today, Mark Wright. So I'd like to welcome today's very special guest, and I've been looking forward to this immensely for a long time, Mark Wright. Mark, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's I really appreciate brilliant it. Brilliant to meet you. Brilliant to meet you, because obviously I know you from the telly. Um, <laughs> I, I guess the first question, Mark, that everyone wants to know the answer to is, what is it like working with Lord Alan Sugar? It's amazing. It's absolutely um life-changing since the day I won that show to today it's like winning the business lottery honestly no day's been the same it's been flat out busy since the moment he pointed at me and said you're going to be my business partner but what I've been impressed with most is how hard he works Um, I've always been looking for a mentor or a coach or an advisor or someone that can teach me about what is the key to success in business? What is this all about? How do I make it to the top? And the one thing that I think most mentors and, and people like Lord Sugar I found from them is just hard, hard work. You know, he doesn't expect anything. And I, I think this is a real key in business. You should never expect anything of someone that you don't demand of yourself. He expects me to work hard here, but I know if I send him an email at 11 o'clock at night, he's going to answer at 11 o'clock at night. And I think that's something that I've really taken away from him. He has good days and bad days like we all do in business. But he's very consistent. And um, I've just enjoyed the experience. I've, I've really learned a lot. And I've got all my own five companies now. I have over 65 employees. Uh, and I owe a lot of that to The Apprentice and the opportunity Lord Sugar gave me. What made you, what made you put yourself forward for The Apprentice in the first place? Um, so I had never heard of the show. I'd never heard of Lord Sugar. Yeah, so that was like one of those crazy, um, crazy things. Um, And I was working at a business 
It was a big digital marketing agency and I really disagreed the way they treated their customers. I really disagreed with the way they treated their staff. And I thought there's got to be a way that this can be done better. Uh, so I took a business plan that I made to four banks and because I'm not from the UK, they wouldn't even give me a, a loan for £25,000. So uh, I was out of ideas unless I was going to go to VC or give away a load of um, in, um, shares in the company. I was out of options. And a guy said to me, hey, I'm trying out for The Apprentice. Would you like to come along with me to the tryouts? And I said, what's The Apprentice? He said, it's a show where an old man yells at you. And I was like, right. So I went down to Tottenham Court Road to the tryouts with him. 75,000 people there were there on the day I tried out. And literally you go into this 11-story building and they eliminate 50% at each level. So 75,000, 50,000, 20,000, so on and so forth. I started at 8 o'clock in the morning with 75,000. At midnight that night I was one or two people left. And it was just rigorous, like crazy hard. But... Um, I loved it. It was just like a business game, you know, selling things, putting, you know, just put under the cosh for, for eight, nine hours, no food, no water. It was just, a, I loved it. Wow. I loved it. That's incredible. Yeah. That's almost like punishment. Uh, it, was, it was like a test of the mind. It was a test of one's durability. And I think, um, I think people, when they start out in business or in the apprentice tryouts, everyone's eager at the start. Everyone's eager for the first week, for the first day, for the first task. When you get a hard day, you get a hard slog, you're tired, you haven't had food, something goes wrong, that's where most people give up. And what they're trying to do in the apprentice process is break you as quickly as possible, make you tired, make you hungry, make you fail, make you think you failed. And because most people give up at that point, actually 95%, 99% of people give up. And that's kind of what I learned from the process is they've kind of figured out that if they just do X, Y, and Z, most people will drop themselves out. Mm. And uh, it was, oh, I loved it, absolutely loved it. So what, what happened straight after winning The Apprentice? Because I mean, you're one of only a handful of people to have done that, so kudos to you. How, how quickly does the investment become a reality? Because a lot of people have asked me to ask you that question. Oh, well, um, it's a great question. So he points at me and says, you're gonna be my uh, business partner, off you go. And you kind of leave, right? And you think, that's weird. I wonder what happens next. The next day, the very next day, he um, WhatsApped me. He said, come around to my flat in London. I want to talk to you about getting the business going. So I went around to Lord Sugar's flat, took my business plan. You didn't tell him you were busy or anything? No, God, no, I was at his disposal. Uh, and we got going the very next day. I think within seven days from winning, I had the 250,000 pounds in a company account. Um, and we were, we were going, we were, we were hot off the press. I think Christmas happened in between, so that slowed us down by a week. But other than that, there was no break. We were straight into it. Um, Lord Sugar's one for action, just getting started, making some money, uh, getting the business going. So there was no real break and it is all real. The money was real. The mentorship's real. The opportunity's real. The stress is real. Um, winning The Apprentice was the easy bit. Um, running a business is, is much harder. Well, well, we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, I, I guess just a, a kind of a, um, a, re a reflectful kind of question. Why do you think, because you strike me as a very modest kind of guy. Thank you. Um, very successful, very driven, all the attributes, you know, clearly laid out for success. 
and we'll, we'll talk about success in a moment. But why, Mark, do you think you're the most successful of all the apprentices with us? Oh, God. What is um, it that Mark Wright has that the others haven't? I think that Mark Wright uh, is speaking to my, as myself in the third person has a lot of drive. I have a want to be the most successful. And before you are anything, you've got to want it more than anyone else. And you've got to believe it's possible. And I think I had so many haters. I had so many trolls online. I had so many people slinging bad news at me saying, you shouldn't have won. You're not good enough. I worked with that guy. He's not as great as he came across on the TV, everything. And when you become, let's use in quotes, successful, it's amazing who comes out to try and pull you down, former colleagues, um, former friends, people that you can't imagine. Everyone wants you to be on the same playing field they are, on the same level. level. Once you get some PR, once you get some success, once you get out there, people are lining out to bring you down. They really don't want to see you much more successful than they are because you remind them of what they're not achieving. Mm. So I made a decision very on early on that I want to be the most successful version of myself. Uh, I want to have my businesses grow. I want them to flourish. I want to help as many people as I can through speaking and my courses and mentoring people. And that's what I want for my life. Um, some people want to be the best triathlon person, the best marathon runner, the best husband or father. I want to be the best business person I can be. And that is really what my core um, need is. And that's what's, why it's happening. And um, that's what makes me happy. Why do, why do you think people, you've touched on this, about, you know, I think you put it really well, about people... Um, being reminded of the things that they have yet to achieve or can only ever aspire to. But um, what, what is the fundamental reason, do you think, that people have such a negative attitude towards success? And I think we see more of it today than ever before. I, England is crazy for this. If you go to the States, you go to Australia, people really celebrate uh, a person's success. If you see a guy in a Ferrari or a Rolls Royce, they go, wow, how awesome. Here they go, show off. Yeah. The attitude is oh, he must have stole or cheated or he's a show-off or have parents that are wealthy if he's successful or she's successful. I really disagree with that. If you see someone that's successful, you need to celebrate them. And your first instinct, most people's first instinct, is they see success and you immediately want to say, well, you know, he's probably lucky or this or that. You've got to change your attitude and your mindset and celebrate other people's success so you can become successful yourself. And when you're so worried about bringing other people down, all you're doing is bringing yourself down. And the effect that you're actually having is just on yourself, not affecting the other person at all. And it's so funny, um, if you can control that mindset that you have and forget about what other people think, if you're worried about the trolls and the stuff that people are saying online, you will never be truly successful or satisfied. Mark, I think, if you don't mind me saying this, one of the things that I picked up, you know, we were introduced by a mutual friend, yeah. and one of the things he said to me was, you've got to meet Mark, he's a really great guy. And one of the interesting things, because I hear this a lot from people, is that when they see somebody who's ambitious, because yeah. that's the word you mentioned before, it kind of goes hand in hand with the, he's arrogant, he bulldozes people out of the way, he's very uncompromising, but it strikes me that you don't have to be those things to be successful. No. Because, I mean, you're certainly the epitome of that. You know, Th thank you. I really appreciate that. Guy, nice personality, but, but successful, which is a lovely combination, right? Well, that's lovely, and I appreciate it. I think you need to be whoever you are. Success and money 
just exacerbates who you already are. If you are uh, an arrogant, ignorant, quite rude person and you become successful, you just become more ignorant, rude, arrogant, whatever. If you're really nice, you're quite laid back, you just become more of that. Success is like a microphone to who you already are. And uh, I hope that I, I'm a good enough person that you know my success continues and it gets bigger and I can help more people and that um, it's just amplified and I get to do more things like I'm doing today because this is what I really enjoy, speaking to other people who are successful, trying to help people become successful. And it's the best bit about what you and I get to do. Mm. So um, obviously The Apprentices work fantastically well for you, but it strikes me that you'd have been successful anyway. So do you ever have those days where you think, oh, you know, I wish I'd have come done, done it myself? Um, and let's presuppose Lord children isn't listening to this, so you can say what you like. Um, but there's, I suppose there's an obvious element of, well, I, I could have been more successful if I hadn't had to slice the cake or the pie. Um, but what has The Apprentice given you that you probably couldn't have attained yourself? It's a, gr a great question. Um, I think I... You always think about that sort of stuff. What if I didn't win? What if I came second? What if I didn't go on the show? Uh, so many different variable outcomes. My opinion is this. Yes, I would have been as successful as I am. It just would have taken a lot longer. What, this, what the apprentice process did in the partnership with Lord Sugar was give me extreme PR. We had on average 9 million views an episode of my series. That's a lot of eyeballs on me saying, Mark Wright, Mark Wright, climb online, climb online, digital marketing. My brand just went huge. Yeah. Within 14 weeks, I went from not being known to one of the most people synonymous with digital marketing. That is advertising you can't buy. Yeah. That's what the process does. Um, it comes with a lot of downsides as well. The, not all of those 9 million people watching each episode, some of them aren't nice people. You get a lot of haters online. You get people attack you who don't even know you. You get people saying they know you that you've never met in your whole life. So you've got to take the rough with the smooth and no one can really coach you. There's only like 10 other winners out there in the world. Um, there's not a big group of us that know what happens. The show only got big for about five or six of us. We got a lot more PR than the rest. And so there's no one to really talk to and say, hey, are you getting a lot of hate online? Oh, hey, when you go to Sainsbury's, is are people like attacking you or asking you for 50 selfies? And like, it's just the weirdest experience. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't change. If I could go back, I wouldn't change a thing. It's changed my life. It changed my business. It changed my financial status. Um, and I've learned so much that no matter what I touch now, I'd be successful from what I've learned from Lord Sugar and the other mentors who saw me on the show that also wanted to help me. So how do you, I, and this is, this is a, a, a fairly uh, far-reaching kind of question, but I know a lot of people struggle emotionally with the Doubting Thomases, the haters as you call them. How do you deal with that? Because again, you strike me as the kind of guy who, who wouldn't just bat it off. You, you would probably reflect on that and it, and it probably does hurt. And yeah. how do you deal with that? Because it's when I first, started it was really hard because you'd see stuff online about the way you look oh he's really skinny he's really fat his voice doesn't sound great oh he does this and it's really like people are just analyzing you as a person without really knowing you and it's quite intrusive and your first thing is to go well i don't care i don't care well you do care um, when people say things about you no matter what happens you, you take you absorb some of it in i have became 
content with who I am as a person. I understand my strengths, I understand my weaknesses, and I have an inner monologue going which I can control myself. I understand I'm not, let him say that, I can take from it what I want. Something could happen in this room right now and we decide in your mind if it's good or bad. You might, something might happen and you decide it's good and I decide it's bad and it could ruin my day and make your day great. How you interpret things as an individual is the key to being successful slash happy. Uh, So now when I see something online where someone's having a go at me, I interpret that not as, oh, I'm fat or I'm not successful. I interpret that as that person isn't happy with something in their life. Therefore, them coming out at me is making, is just a reflection on who that individual is because no one successful trolls another online. Mm. No one. Uh, I've never met another self-made millionaire or billionaire who sits there trolling people success online. One, they don't have the time. Two, that's not a habit of successful people. And three, it's, it's a sign of jealousy and jealousy is a curse. Uh, so I've kind of, when it used to affect me, it was because I didn't understand it. Anything that affects you, you don't understand. Now I understand it and I say, if that person is unhappy with me, they're unhappy with themselves and I end up just feeling sorry for the person. And it's the most powerful tool because when some, someone could say anything to me and I go, I really feel sorry for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do now and I've coached years of inner monologue coaching, uh, understanding people's intentions. When you understand intention mixed with that, it's so powerful um, and it makes you a better speaker. It makes you a better human being. Uh, and you, otherwise you couldn't have a profile. And, you know, your, your podcast is becoming very successful and people are going to, oh, other podcasts, guess what they're going to do? They're going to say it sucks, this, that and the other. Yeah. And that's the best. If someone's not criticizing you, not enough people are hearing it. Yeah, very physical. That's great. <laughs> great. Note to self. Note yeah, to exactly. Self. Um, I will just... Take a step one side for a minute because you've, you've talked about in this room. So just to make everyone aware, we are having a conversation in your office with... I mean, it's, like a, it's like a hornet's nest of activity. I know, I so, know. I, I apologise for the noise. No, We've no, got no, every what... meeting room's full. We've got 40 people in here today. Um, we're setting up for an expo. We've got client meetings going on. We've got podcasts filming. And the good thing is, is when I came in this morning, I said, we're doing a podcast report. And they said, oh, every room's full. I said, that's awesome. Yeah. Because if, if it wasn't, if it's not like this, we've got a problem. Yeah. I want people to see, I always want to feel busyness, energy, noise, because it pumps you up. Yeah. No, I love it. The, <laughs> the business makes all this so much more authentic. Okay. Let's just talk a little bit. We're going to talk about uh, success yep. and what that means to you. But just before we do that, to put all this in, into perspective and to make sure that we connect you to, to our gr- growing audience, clearly there have been lots of challenges and obstacles and road bumps along the way. Yep. How do you deal with the bad days? It's one of the biggest challenges because when you're an entrepreneur, and as you you will know this, it's more day bad bad days than good days. A lot more bad days than good days. Um, you've got to celebrate the days that are good. That's really important. When I first started, I wasn't celebrating the wins I was having, and therefore, when I was having the multiple bad days or the losses, it hits you much harder, and you can't remember the good as much. Yeah. So it comes back to goal setting and having an objective. If you don't have an objective and you face too many obstacles, you, you end up giving up. There's nothing pulling you forward. You need to have, I have daily, weekly, and yearly goals. 
So when something bad happens, which happens frequently, you look back at your goals. Why am I doing all of this? Comes back to purpose. If you have no purpose, you'll just give up eventually. If you have a purpose to drive towards a certain thing, you have the bad days and you say, yeah, but the reason I'm doing it is this. And look at all the, the, the milestones I've hit. Look at all the celebrations that are there. So actually, if I just keep sticking at this, I'm going to hit it. And the reason most people don't make it to the point of success is they don't know what success means for them individually and they don't stay at something long enough. Uh, they say, how do you get to the front of the buffet line of life? You get in the back of the line and you stay there long enough. Most people keep changing lines, they stop their job, they quit, they move, they, and they change so frequently that they never stay in one industry or sector or position long enough to actually get to the top of that field. Um, so it's just getting in there, making sure you're working hard, you stick at it long enough, and you know what you're doing there. Most people, if you go out 99 out of one 100 people on that street if you say why do you go to work they won't know what they'll say well everyone goes to work you know my mum and dad went to work it's like but why are you going there today well I've got bills to pay they'll give you all the, the, the crap that everyone knows but they don't know why they're there and what their journey is and their mission is in life and establishing that with your goals makes the bad days much easier to, to tolerate with. So without giving too much away, what does a daily goal look like typically? Is it as simple as, you know, breaking things down into simple tasks? Interestingly, you're one of the first guests, if not the first, who's talked about daily goals. So I want to just touch on that a moment because we all have yearly goals. We call them New Year's resolutions. And we we get to the end of the year and we never achieve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the little voice on our shoulder says, don't worry, there's always next year. Next year, yeah. So, you know, a successful person clearly is looking to break things down into slightly more bite-sized, manageable chunks. You have to. You have to because a year is too long. That space of time, so much could happen in that that just completely moves you off off that. So every Sunday I sit down for one hour and I plan my whole week. So on a Sunday I know what every day going forward looks like and I, every hour within those five days. So I'll say, sitting that meeting, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. And what I wanna achieve on this day is I wanna wake up at this time, I wanna to go to bed at this time. So here's my day. I'm up and then I go to sleep. And then within that, what do I wanna achieve? Well. My yearly goal was I want to go to the gym four t- four times a week. So I have to go to the gym here to hit the yearly goal. Yeah. My uh, I have to, I wanted to earn X amount of money. Well, to do that, I need to sit a sales meeting because that's the way I earn money through sales. And you start making your daily goals reflect the yearly goals. It's really funny and it all starts connecting like dots because if you don't look at it weekly, you'll get three to four months into a year and think, well, hang on, I haven't been to the gym yet and it's March. And I've already missed the yearly goal of training four times a week or drinking a liter of water a day or whatever it might be for for every different person. To give you some of mine this year is really, they vary from financial to specific, to health, wealth, family, whatever. So give up sugar. I haven't had, and it's now the, what, 5th of March, 6th of March, not had a sugar in a tea or a coffee. That was a goal. And I just each week write it back down, not having a, and I've not had one sugar this year. And actually now, I, I don't would never have it again. The really simple. The worst sugar as well. Yeah, I know, I know. It is, it is not lost on I'm getting mind. rid of sugar, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then it goes up to like you know making money, buying um, um, the amount of properties I want to own, this sort of stuff. 
Um, but it has to be daily, at least weekly. And I encourage some people that listen to this won't even have yearly goals. They will have said, I want to stop smoking. And that's what they say in the new year. But that's filtered into nothing at this point. So it's really, really important um, to look at it at least weekly. There was a, there were interesting. There was a study conducted by, I think, Booper many years ago, um, the top three New Year's resolutions, and these have been so for 30 plus years, stop drinking, stop smoking, lose weight. Yeah. 50% of all those people set goal on the 1st of January had failed by the 15th and 75% by the end of the month. That's, see, that's incredible. I've got a bit of a crazy personality. If I tell you something right now, oh, I'm gonna give up sugar or I'm gonna go to the gym tonight, I will 100% be at that gym tonight. Well, you and I have that in common. Yeah. I love accountability. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty bad at keeping promises to myself, but to anybody else. Yeah. Um, if we make a plan for this podcast to be here at, 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 at one o'clock, whatever it was, you would have had to kill me or I would have to be seriously injured somewhere not to be here at one o'clock to do this because we have an appointment. I've told you I'm going to be there. It might be hard to set up, lock it in, whatever. As soon as I agree, it's done. And, and that is really a critical thing. Mm. So I guess we've probably answered this question, but the next question I, I really wanted to pose to you, Mark, was a million pounds is quite a big number, yep. even in the current world. Yep. How do you make a million pounds in your first year? I, well, so it was 1.7 in year one, wasn't it? Uh, it was crazy. Let's not argue uh, yeah, the Yeah, over the 700, it was... It, um, it was like a, a dream. It was honestly like someone had taken over my body and it was just on autopilot, on the phone, doing deals, signing contracts, servicing clients, whatever it took. And then, because when, when I first started this company, I started in my bedroom. It was called Write On Digital before it was called Climb Online with my laptop. And I used to get up, put a shirt on, put jeans on and sit next to my bed. My bed was literally not even two meters from my desk. And then I would finish, stand up from my desk and go back to my bed. It was like the weirdest thing. It was like, and I guess all I could afford that was 650 pound a month for the room. And I, I was in there 24 hours a day. The first year I'd worked there from home for right on digital, we turned over 77,000 pounds. And that was pretty good. I thought 77,000 with a 17,000 pound profit. And I thought, how the hell do you get to a million? Like 77 nearly killed me. That's 24 hours living in the office. Work your way up 11 floors. Yeah, it was, it was exactly. And then I was like, the key to getting the money is getting attention. More people need to know. You're, if you haven't got enough sales right now in your business, it's because not many people know you. Mm. Not enough people know you. The more people who know you, the more people who can buy from you. And how do you get more people to know about you? You write a book. You do a podcast. You get referrals from the customers that you already have. You do speaking. You do marketing. You do advertising. You go on the TV. And I was looking at all of these things and I was like, so you need to be a key person of influence through the media or through however to get more customers. So I was like, how can I do that? <laughs> um, and I found a way that a lot of people could find me very quickly. And, and, and look, you don't need to go on The Apprentice to make a million pounds. You need to find out a way. Can you do a podcast? Can you write a magazine, an ebook, a book, whatever? Whatever you can do to, for more people to find out you're an expert in your field, you'll get more sales and you'll start catching me. So what bits of advice would you give? And I know we've got limited time, but what bits of advice would you give to somebody looking to start their own business, for example? Well, get going straight away. 
the number one mistake that I see that most entrepreneurs do, they're working in a job, they want to start a business and they have it as a side hustle. They're coming home in the evening and when you come home in the evening, you're, you're knackered. So you're working a full day, going to the gym, whatever you do, then you come home, you're like, right, to that business. Oh, why is it taking so long? Oh, I'm so tired, I'll have tonight off. You need to give it a go properly. You need to get started straight away and you need to go into a sector that you actually have some experience or know about. So many people go into businesses that they haven't got the fondest clue how the industry works, how the products work, whatever it might be, and then they wonder why it fails. You need to go and work for someone for a bit, do an internship, whatever, be a junior employee, understand the industry, how a business works in that space, then go and start on your own. As long as you've got adequate financing, and I'm not talking about over-financing, adequate financing, and you stick at it long enough and get started, you will pretty much be successful if that's really what you want to do. So what about the next steps for, for Mark Wright? What, what, what does the future look like as far as you can see? Oh, it's so exciting. I, I mean, I get literally anxious with how much I want to do in one day. I wake up in the morning and I think I've got so much I want to do today, but there's only 24 hours. For us, we've got so many exciting things happening. We have our own event coming out, a big speaking event um, where we have some of the top speakers from around the world coming and teaching people about digital marketing, investing, financing, property, whatever. It's just a full day of if you want to improve yourself, you come here and it's one day, 28th of June. It's going to be amazing. I've got my own book coming out. I've got my own podcast uh, and I've got all my businesses. I've got five businesses at the moment and they're all turning profits, which is just amazing. I'm very blessed in that respect and I want to scale them all up where I just go from one of my businesses to business and just make sure that they're a good reflection of who I am as an entrepreneur, but also doing good things for their customers. If you could do anything again, yeah, I, you, you mentioned earlier on that you kind of wouldn't change anything, but if, if you were able to go onto The Apprentice again tomorrow, let's say, having been through it once and know all you know now, would you approach it differently? Would you do it exactly the same as you did before? To be honest, I do it. I do the Apprentice exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I, I would do it exactly the same. If I could go back and teach my younger self anything, it would be to read far more, listen to more audio books. Uh, I was so stubborn towards education when I was younger that you really don't know what you don't know. And I resisted learning anything because I hated school. I hated education. I thought it sucked. It wasn't the right thing for me. So I resisted it. And if I knew more, I could have been even more successful, even further forward than I am today. And that's the one thing I would have changed. So education... Self-education. Yeah, in whatever shape or form that is, forms a very important part of a successful journey. Definitely, definitely. Now, I know, Mark, that you've got uh, an extensive following on social media. Yes. Um, How do, but how do, you know, there's a lot of people that clearly know who you are. There's a lot of people that probably won't know who you are. How do the listeners uh, to the Sandro Forte podcast, how do they find out more about you? How do they interact with you? Where do they find you? Is it, is it markwright.com? Is it markwright1? Or how, how do people find you on Twitter, LinkedIn, yeah. Instagram, all the other names? So things? normally, unfortunately and fortunately, I share the namesake of another Mark Wright. You do. You uh, do. Actually, another two. One's a famous footballer, one's from the Only Ways Essex, and I'm the business one. 
If you go to any social media platform and take type in Mark Wright, I come up top or second on every platform. I'm verified on all platforms uh, and I come up top. If you go to climb-online, that gives you links to all my social media. But right now I'm building up my Instagram and that's mwright10. If you just go on there, type in Mark Wright or mwright10, I'm putting so much great content onto uh, Instagram, including in stories and behind the scenes of my business life. Um, I'd love to see all your listeners on there and teach them everything that I know. That'd be fantastic. Just tell us briefly about the other businesses you're involved in. Yeah, so obviously we've got Climb Online, which is the country's leading digital marketing agency. I have a PR company called Make More Noise, based in Birmingham. I have a company called Making Websites Better, uh, which is a it's a really cool WordPress website company. I have a property company called Right on Property, an investment company called Right Bush Capital, uh, and they're the five that I'm doing at the moment, and it keeps me very, very, very busy. Uh, but I wouldn't want it any other way. Well, if you've got another half an hour, I'm going to turn, we're going to end there and I'm going to sit and talk to you about all those things. <laughs> I'd love to. Well done you. I have to say, on, on behalf of everyone listening, it's, do you know what's really nice about this, this conversation that we're having? Because that's what the podcasts are, they're a conversation between two people. Um, it's really nice to meet a very, very successful person who's an all-round nice guy. Oh, mate, that's very kind. That I really nice. appreciate that. I, I'm, I'm just sorry that you gave up such a lovely country to come away <laughs> to the UK. <laughs> Me too. Listen to all those haters and the, <laughs> you know, the people that you know got nothing better to do than criticise. But you know, there's a, there's also a lot of people out there that are, um, you know, are proud of people who achieve great things. And, and let's not lose focus of that. But I mean, I have to say, I wish this this podcast interview could go on and on and on, but. Unfortunately, we're at the end of time, but you've shared so many great things, Mark, and I'm sure there'll be millions of calls for you to uh, spend some more time with us. So if your diary allows, and this has been hard to get this one together, <laughs> but if we can, we can align our diaries at some point in the future, we'd love to have you back and talk. Thank you. I really that. appreciate you. See where you're at at that on that path to even greater success. No, look, and, and when I um, when you guys first approached me, I had to listen to the previous work you've done, to, the, to your website and everything, and you should be incredibly, uh, you know, pleased with everything you've done and, and the success of the podcast already, you know, growing over 2,000 followers a week. It's just amazing. It's one of the fastest growing um, podcasts I've seen, and that's why I agreed to be here. So thank you again for, for having me on. Mutual appreciation. Yeah. <laughs> So on that happy note, uh, Mark, thank you very much indeed. It's been a pleasure. Mate, thank you very much. Thank you. Legend. You too. Cheers. That was the Sandro Forte podcast and what an amazing guest Mark Wright was. Simply awesome. There are many more fantastic guests joining me over the coming weeks, so please make sure you subscribe if you want to pick up some great tips on success. Remember, you can follow us on social media at Sandro's Podcast. That's Sandro's with an S, don't forget. Same on all channels. And we'd love to continue to hear your stories, ideas, anecdotes, challenges, or simply whatever motivates you. So please keep those emails coming. Hello at sandrospodcast.com. And if you can, please keep leaving those reviews on iTunes so we know what you'd like more of in the future. Until next week. Music.